It's Mission Sunday. We, Cypress Creek Church, are a church on mission to build a community, to change our city and reach a country and the world. And today we really get to emphasize that world. We have two flags up here, the flag of Cuba on the left, the flag, our flag on the right. And we wanna see these countries reach with the gospel of Jesus Christ and beyond. You, if you're a part of Cypress Creek Church, support over a dozen local and another dozen global ministry partners in three ways. First, through prayer. We just exhibited that by praying 24 hours uh, in intercession for these uh, partners. The second is financially. Uh, We support most of these uh, folks financially. The third is the one that's nearest and dearest to me. It's relationship. These aren't just organizations that we know of. These are organizations with people that we know. And this is an example of having Ricardo in our house. Let me tell you, when I first met Ricardo, I flew to Cuba. We had this little video. Uh, I shot these videos on the iPhone. It's like one of those commercials, but it was an older iPhone, so the quality's not as good. Uh, Let's roll that video real quick. Uh, And the first thing that he did is he showed me around his city, and he told me about ways that he wanted to reach his city with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're talking about Habana, Cuba. That's his neighborhood right there. That's Caballo Blanco, where his church is, his home is. And I'll never forget when I first showed up to the church, this man preached, and then he went to the back. And in a Cuban fashion, he greeted everybody with a hug and a kiss. So I'm going to be doing that from now on in the back, you know, form a single file line and a hug. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'd actually be kind of comfortable with that, but you know. Uh, uh, I respect uh, space. So we went around and, and, and I stayed in his house and he told me about his church in his home. This is his home. This is where the church started. Look at all the amazing church community in Havana. There's Hector, shout out to Hector Herrera right there, dancing and worshiping his heart out. And then he said, hey, but I have a bigger vision. There's this building that I wanna buy. And this is now the church that they worship at. And it was, we got to be a part of this, purchasing this property and allowing them an opportunity to uh, go there. And then later on, I'll tell you when uh, a bunch of us high school students, I wasn't in high school, but I brought the high school students to Cuba and celebrated what God is doing there. And so please help me give a Cypress Creek Church welcome to my friend, my brother, Pastor Ricardo Bisset. Pastor Jose. Um, I feel so welcome, and I thank you because, you know, I feel in family. I'm married with Miss Lady. I'm sorry I didn't bring pictures. I got it on my phone. Oh, you got from Miss Lady and my family? Yeah. Oh, right there. Oh, that's all right. That's my, oh, baby, Jerry Adam. That's my wife. Um, my Kevin Daniel, my oldest one, my, ba- my grandson. I'm a grandson. Can you believe that? You know, my daughter Chantal and Carlos, my son-in-law. Carlos and Chantal right now are leading the church while I'm here in the U.S., and they're doing an amazing job. You know, I'm so thankful to be here. This morning, you know, uh, my wife and I, we always, you know, testing each other, and, and she said, are you ready? And, you, and I told her, you know, you know, I'm never ready. <laughs> you know, uh, the first time I came here was like 24 years ago, 1997. Um, I went to California, and they took me to the Natsbury farm. And uh, there was a roller coaster. We didn't have that in Cuba, and I wish we could. And you know that when I was sitting there, everybody was so, was so excited, and I was so scared. 
you know, but at the same time, I was in expectation what this is going to be. And let me tell you, this is how I feel every time I'm just going to share the Word of God. And I'm so happy today because we can share the Word of God as a family. You know what I'm saying? As a family. So let's go to, uh, in your books, the book of Ephesians, chapter 14. I mean, uh, chapter 3, verse 14. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on the earth derives its name. Have you ever been in a situation where you don't know what to do? Have you ever been in a situation where your all your body shakes and and, and you feel like this is going to be crazy? Have you ever feel like that? I don't know what it's going to be that your flesh uh, shakes everything. It's it's horrible in your life. You know, like three weeks ago, you know, my son, you know, that in Cuba, um, in, in November 11th, there was a, a protest, and many many young people they went protested against the communist country. You know, and for youth people going to the military, it's mandatory. You can't say no, you have to go. So once you finish, you are part of the reserved. So my son, which is 23 years old, is part of the reserved. So after that, he was called to the police and he has to go every single month to sign because um, they were supposed to have another protest. So they had this, all these young people that were part of the reserved, they were called and they were going to give... Uh, weapons to go against the people. And my son said, I'm not going to do that, you know, to go against my brother, my sister, my own people. I hate this government. I'm not going. So he didn't go and sign, so he was in jail for four days. And I said, you know, Kevin, it's time to go. Because I know, because I know you're going to be in trouble all your life you stay here. He said, Dad, I don't have a way to go. I don't have the money. And I said, okay. I have to go to where I got, praise the Lord, I got a visa to come here to the States, so I got a job. I started to work and helping him. Right now, he flew to, can I say this? Okay. He flew to Nicaragua, Honduras, and now, right now, he's in Mexico and trying to come into the U.S. as a refugee from our government. And I was working, you know, God provided me a job, and um, so... While I was working, I cannot answer any phone, but I saw on my phone, it was my wife calling me and calling me and said, something is going wrong. So I took the phone and I said, what's going on? And she said, our kid is dying. So when she said that, I thought about our baby, four years old, Adam. And I said, what's going on? And said, no, it's Kevin. He said, what's going on with Kevin? He said, oh, he's sick. And I said, what's, what's wrong? Because I left like two months, like three weeks ago, and he was doing perfectly well. What's going on? So my son, he went into something that would really destroy her life. I felt like I was going to die. All my body felt like, you know, my, my heart was like this. And my, my, all my flesh was shaking and said, oh my goodness, I got to talk to him. So Mikey was in a big problem, big deal. Something that he went for. You know, something that comes to him, like he went for for that. Because of immatureness, you know. So, uh, and I felt like so sad and so frustrated. And now in the book of Ephesians, uh, the, the church received bad news. Have you ever received bad news? We don't want to receive bad news. And Paul was in jail. So Paul was a spiritual father to the Ephesians. And they say, oh, now Paul is in jail. 
Well, what is going to happen? We're going to die without Paul. So Paul wrote a letter to them. As I talked to my son, because Paul is a father to the church. And we have a heart of a father, of course, for our kids. So I've been testing my son, talking to him on the phone. And Paul has been doing the same with the church that he loved and he started. You are my kids. And, and, and he started to challenge them to go on. It doesn't matter if he's in jail because everything is about Jesus. You know what I'm saying? And God is going to set him free. And God is going to set you free for whatever bandage is in your life. You know, he's committed to do that. So the title today is Don't Give Up. Tell to your neighbor next to you, Don't Give Up. Whatever you're going through. And he said, for this reason, I'll kneel before my father from who every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Powerful. When I see this verse, probably the spirit put in my heart a beautiful picture in the Bible. You know that uh, like I felt so scared and, 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 and my flesh was, you know, uh, shaking and my heart was beating hard. Jesus was in the same place. And that is a good thing that whatever you're just going through, Jesus was first in your shoes. He understands what he's going through. And you know, when he knew that he has to die on a cross being holy, he only bound out. He went on his knees and he prayed, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. When we see Jesus, the Savior, the God of the universe, as the Bible said, where all the families, you know, were created and everything, the mighty God, we saw him humble before God's presence. And sometimes it gets so hard for us to be humble before God and go our knees, whatever situation we have. Why do you see that sometimes it has to be horrible and terrible in our life to depend on him? You know, sometimes we are driving, we are listening to Christian music, or we just are driving and praying, or it's easy. But there comes a time in our life where we have to go on our knees and bow ourselves and say, Lord, save me. I can't do it without you. And this is what Jesus did. He went, he's the living example of how we can go and reach your father, humbleness, and praying and say, God, do something for my son. It's only you. Only you can do it. No one else has the power for this. So Paul is teaching the Ephesians to say, you know, go on your knees and depend on the Lord. It's not about me as a father. It's not about your husband. It's not about anyone. You need to depend on me. So first point here that Paul encourages his people uh, is... Power starts by bowing our knees unto the Lord. Power starts by bowing our knees unto the Lord. Verse 16, it said, Pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through, the, through his spirit in your inner man. Powerful. You know, the Holy Spirit now takes a, an important role. You know, the Spirit knows you. There is a beautiful song that I've learned and I loved it. Because he, said, he knows my name. He knows my every thought. He sees his tears that fall and hears it when I call. You know, God knows your name. 
He sees every tears that falls. And he listens when we call. The reason for we don't receive more is because we don't cry out more. You know what I'm saying? As much as we cry out for the Lord, we are going to be listened. He knows each tears. There was a man, I love this story, and I always talk to my son Kevin Daniel about this. He said, you can make it. It depends on you if you seek God's face. And it will depend on us to set, be set free if we wanted to. The Lord is right there. He wants to do something for you. Now the question is, do you really want to be set free from what you're going through now? You know what I'm saying? And this was a short guy, Zacchaeus. Remember Zacchaeus? All right. And it's not a problem to be a short person. Because my dad is short and my mom is big. You know, and they've been married for 40 years. They got five kids. They are so happy, you know. Happy marriage, no problem. But the problem here is that he needed to go into the crowd of people and try to see Jesus. He only wanted to see Jesus. Listen to this. His only heart, his only desire was to see Jesus. He heard about Jesus. And he had issues. And everybody hated him. He was a thief. But he had issues. And he said, I am willing to change. I don't want to stay like this. And then he climbed the tree. You know, if, I, if, if you see guys with this body me climbing a tree, they say, he's so ridiculous. Who climbs tree? Kids. But he found a resources and climbed the tree because he only wanted to see Jesus. But you know what? The Lord has everything in control. And the Lord had already planned everything. The Lord knew his heart. And he said, I'm just going through that town just because someone wants to see him. And, and it's not about um, his desire. Zacchaeus, it was God's plan. And when he saw him, he said, come down. Hallelujah. Come down. You know, sometimes we just want to go high and high and be powerful and be the best. But now in order to fellowship with God, we need to come down. I said, come down because I'm going to dwell in your house. Powerful. I'm going to dwell with you. And everybody say, oh, this Jesus is crazy. It's so weird how he can go and dwell with this man. He's a bad guy. But God already knew his desire of changing. And I said, I'm so blessed that you are here with me, Lord, that I'm going to give four times to the people what is stolen from them. His heart was already changed. The women with the uh, issue of blood, a blood issue. How do you say? Issue of blood. She was tired of being rejected. And I think the worst thing is not that she was suffering from that. But for many, many years, she couldn't be in society because someone with that problem, you know, in the, in the Jesus time, got away. You are unholy. You can't be in the manas. And the Bible says she spent everything that she had and it was worse and worse and worse. Remember of Lazarus? Jesus said, oh, the one you loved is dying. He's very sick. And Jesus, you know, I know what I'm going to have to do. And he waited for four days where he was smelling bad. And sometimes God allows things to happen so that we can see his glory.
And these women touched his garment. And Jesus said, who has touched me? Because power and healing has come out of me. And this is the word. Say, me, Lord, I was the one who touched your garment. And not only he said, you are healed, but you are saved. It's not only that, God is going to do something great in my son and in your son. It's not going to heal him, but also it's going to save him. Because God's plan comes in a perfect package. You know what I'm saying? So, number two. That's what we're talking about. The riches of his glory strengthens our inner man. God knows what is your heart and he's willing to change and, 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 and work in your inner man. Now, verse uh, 17. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That God may dwell in your heart through faith. How important is the faith? Our faith. Sometimes it comes and goes. But you know the good thing is The faith is not something from you and from me. It's God giving us his faith to go through things. And when the Bible says, so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith, here, this, and I pray that being rooted and established in love. Since the first day I started to work, I'm not going to mention the place where I started to work, my boss He was a prejudice. I'm sorry about that to say that, you know. And he goes like, you're going to be fired. You're going to be fired. Why? I come here every morning. I, I'm, I come early. I never absent. I do my job excellent. You're going to be fired. For two months, he was telling me, you're going to be fired. And you know, God, the Holy Spirit, to the word and put it in my heart. And I said in loud voice, I am... Like a planted tree. By living waters. And everything that we done will prosper. And my leaves won't fall down. You know what I'm saying? So now I said you're rooted and you are established by God. The reason for you are here is that you are planted by God. And what the Bible said in Psalm 1-3, by living water, it's talking about the work of the Holy Spirit in people's life. I moved like probably 15 or 20 years ago from the town where I grew up and raised. I live now, now my parents still live in there. And we live, I live like 10 blocks away. So every day in the afternoon, I go and visit my parents. My parents both are now 86 years old, both. And I go to visit every day. So, but when I go by the stairs just to get into the building, what I see is the pangola. Okay, what is the pangola? The pangola is a place where grow very, very high grass and Mangoes tree and all kinds of fruits and are the sweetest mango you can ever taste in your life. So this pangola, you know, it's, it's sprinkler or it's, it makes wet the land because there's a river there. That's why it grows so many trees and the fruits are so sweet and the grass are so high just because of the river right by beside that. That was the Bible says. And I, I see that example, how I grew up. We went to the Pangola. We, we played with all the kids. It was beautiful. 40 years ago, 40 years by now, after that, 
the same place still there, with the same trees, with the same grass. And you know just why? Because it's a river, you know, that keeps the root wet. The same fruit, the sweetest one, you can test after 40 years. And you know what? That's our life. When we are planted by God, you know, established by God, we will never be ashamed. Never be ashamed. Because we are planted by God. And it's very important that we can know our identity. The reason for in our Christian life we don't have better victories is because we don't know who we are even when we come to church every day. And this is why my, my son is, is like, you know, struggling so because he doesn't know his identity with God. And every lies and everything that appears, oh, he believes it. But you know what the Bible says? You are like a tree planted by living waters. And also in the book of Revelation, says chapter 5, verse 10, it says that you are a priest and you reign on the earth. You got authority from God. You know what I'm saying? We are powerful. We are a government. The most powerful government in the world. Even more powerful than every army in the world is us. When we know our identity, the power, and the authority that we have in Jesus, you know, we will go on. And that's what God wants you to know. You are the apple of the eyes of God. How many of you have feel like, I'm just nothing after we sin? And that's a good feeling, you know, when we sin and say, oh Lord, I did it again. Sorry. That word, sorry, it's so important to God. God wants you to be sorry. Because when we are sorry about something that we did against God, the Bible says, it's seven times my people, my son, my children falls, seven times me, Jehovah, is going to lift it up. And that's what we need, you know, to know our identity. We have a father. We are his children. Now, verse number, now, number three, uh, in verse um, 17 by the power of our faith, we have a proper identity. Verse 18 and 19. Um, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grab how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that supper, um surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with measure or all abundance of God. Now listen to this. There are some words that I want you to understand there. In verse 18 it says, Wide, long, high, deep is the love of Christ. Five years ago, um, you know, like we wanted to inaugurate our church. And here is my sister, my oldest one, which is our, was our secretary. And she has everything in details. And I, I'm very bad managing with papers and agendas and things like that. She, she did a perfect world. And I remember that I was trying to 
do things, you know, to have a great party for the community as we wanted to start our new church building, the one United guys, you know. So we were so excited about that. So we planned to do baptism. 20 people who wanted to get baptized. Said, okay, let's do this before our opening. So we went to the beach. And I remember that every meeting I say a wrong date. And here's my sister, Ricardo. You are confusing the people. Is August 28th. Don't forget about that. She wrote it to me on a paper and to give it to everyone that has to be involved in this ministry and about, you know, this thing that we wanted to do. And I kept saying the wrong date. She was always August 28th. August 28th. August 28th, we went to the beach. We baptized our 20 new believers. For God's glory, there was another church there who supported us to do baptism. My, my, uh, my, our people were with guitars in the water. She, my sister was leading uh, the worship. I was we baptized. So we finished the baptism. My sister said, let us stay here because, you know, this uh, a moving of the Holy Spirit. So all everybody was in the water. Someone, one of these new believers said, Pastor, going to talk to you. So we just went apart and uh, uh, we start talking, and then I heard so many people crying and yelling, calling me my name, saying, what's going on? Then I saw, you know, people from our church carrying my sister and taking to the shore. And then they were trying to give, um, you know, the, exactly, you know. <laughs> so they go like, go, 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 take your car, because uh, uh, I decided to take my mom and my sister that day to a Rico Restaurante, very nice restaurant, very nice food, called the Pellizco, where the pastor loved to go and eat. And I decided to, after baptism, take them there, so we didn't go in the bus from the church. So I took my car, and it was the hardest 10 minutes that I drove to the hospital. My mom was in the church, and said, what's going on with your sister? I said, mom, she has a sister. And she, has, she doesn't suffer that way, you know? So we took it to the hospital. They put it in a room. We were waiting outside. I knew everything wasn't going to be okay. You say, everything's going to be okay. But then the doctor came out and said, sorry, we couldn't make it. And I say, what do you mean by we couldn't make it? He goes, she's dead. So I couldn't believe that my sister was dead. And the you know, it was like something crazy. So many thought in my mind, say, how come she's dead? There were so many people in the water and no one noticed that she was drowning. No one noticed. That's how we're going to be caught up in heaven. Nobody's going to know the time. Nobody's going to do the morning. How? So that happened. He said, how come I'm going to go back to my mom and tell her that her only daughter is not alive anymore. She's 80. My dad is at my home with my Kevin Daniel. Chantal, my daughter, was there leading the worship with her aunt. There were all these new believers. How come this woman praising Jesus, now she's dead? They wouldn't be able to understand that. So it was a big, it was a nightmare, let me tell you. So, a month later, we have to inaugurate our church. And I said before that not all beginnings are easy. There was my mom and my dad. 
My sister was part of the worship. She had a great voice and she had a passion for God. And she was not there. So we wanted to celebrate her life as we opened up our church the first day. My, my dad, he couldn't stay there. He said, I need to go. Can't be here if I don't see my daughter singing. And I cannot see, you know, what you're going to be celebrating my daughter's life. It was, I, it was so hard. My mom stayed there. And she was crying all the time. Everybody was in pain. Everybody was crying. We were celebrating her life in Jesus, but it was so hard. So after five years now, when you talk to my parents, and then I ask them, how do you feel? The only they say, we are ready to meet Jesus and spare eternity with my daughter in heaven. I'm ready to go. I know that I'm going to see her again. So when the Bible says about the deepness, how wide, how deep, how great is the kingdom of God. It's not talking only about the good times that we have on earth. I would suggest you to see and test the greatness of the kingdom of God. How deep is his love? How wide is his love now that we are on earth? You know why? Because our more times of trials, difficulties, illness, and everything that comes to our life today, it's horrible. You know, the, the, the world is upside down. The world is upside down. The thing of the COVID, the political thing, everything, we are in the end of the time. But, but you know what is the great thing? The kingdom is not broken. The kingdom is not falling down. The only thing that is stable in your life is God's kingdom. And there are some people that don't want to be part of that kingdom. And it's the only thing that is going to stay stable in this world when everything starts to fall down. The world is starting to fall down. But the only thing that is stable is you. You know what is you? Because you're part of the kingdom. And the Bible says, and I love to read this again. How wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. That is all about in his kingdom, his love, his provision. Provision. So verse number 20. And let's read um, ver, uh, the point in verse 18 19. In his love, we understand the dimension of his kingdom. Hallelujah. Verse 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably, <laughs> I was having a hard time with that one, more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work with us. Beautiful. I want to stop right here in verse 19. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with measure of the fullness of God. Um, we are expecting things in God. Yes, we are waiting on the Lord. And in my experience, and I know you experience, God always gives more. And I always said to our church, we cannot compete with God. There is no way you can compete with God. He always has more. He's, he promised he's going to give his wishes in glory. 
Cuba is in the hardest or worst situation ever financially. All disvested. And we didn't have soap at our home, not even to wash our dishes, not even to take a bath. So my wife, in the morning, she prayed, Lord, we need soap. What are we going to do without this? I, I need to, you know, to watch dishes and things like that. So we went to the church. We were all day in the afternoon. You know, the balcony of the church, second floor, faced the main street. And there was a truck that for some reason... Many gallons of liquid soap was piled on the floor. And there were, so, I don't know if you have the picture there. And so many people, you know, that were serving. You know what happened? We have two that was happened that day. Everybody in the community came and was served with that liquid. Because the Bible says that God can do more of what you can ever imagine. Do you know what a donkey is? You know what a donkey is? Of course I know you do. When I was um, maybe in my seven, maybe eight years old, I was called a donkey. But all of my friends, the only one that always said you are someone important and you're very smart was my mom. I don't know what she was thinking about, but she has faith. <laughs> Why I was called donkey because I repeated fourth grade three times. Just because of math. I hate math. <laughs> and everything that my dad did when I, was, I did something wrong, my dad said, now you're going to study. And you're going to study math. He killed me, literally. <laughs> I hated math so much. I hated the teacher. I hated everything. So three times I repeated and it was called donkey, you're going to be nothing, blah, 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 blah. And I grew up believing that it was a donkey, acting like a donkey. But God has something in plan. He has something better. He said, don't worry about that, Ricardo. When you go to the Bible, a donkey spoke. <laughs> so I got to secondary school. I was in seventh grade, and I met the most extraordinary person I can ever met, besides my wife, and it was my English teacher. I fall in love with English. I was the monitor. She took me everywhere, you know, oh, this is my student, everything. When I got to ninth grade, for the first time in Cuba, for the first time, ninth grade, there was a career for English teacher for primary school and secondary school. I was the first in getting that. I went to the training teacher school. That was 1989. And I wanted to practice like in March. I was already there, you know. I was learning. It was so exciting. And me and my best friend, Osman, who lives down in California, we wanted to practice our English on tourism. So we went to the streets on a bus, it was like 10 in the evening, and there were so three big men, 
And he said, of course they're not Cuban. They are big, they are strong, they are blonde. We approach them, we offer them cigars, we offer them women to change money, all this stuff. And they say, no, 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 no. Say, what do you come here for? And they say, we are pastors. We are pastors of Calvary Chapel in California. And they brought us to the Lord that same day. My first Bible, hallelujah. My first Bible was, can you hear? Okay, my first Bible was in English. And Pastor Bob wrote a dedication. And he said, Ricardo, this book will keep you away from sin. But sin will keep you away from this book. It's been almost 40 years. I was in, in, in California like two weeks ago with my, with my pastor Bob. And you know that? God allowed me to repeat it three times, fourth grade, because when I was in ninth grade, he knew that that career was for me. And through English, I was going to meet the greatest of the men, Jesus Christ. And through English, I was going to be a donkey, but a donkey that can speak the word of God. Hallelujah. So when the Bible says that he can, he's able, and I love the word able. He said, he is able. Who is, who is able? Jesus is able. The Lord is able. We're not able. Do you know the son, you know, at this week, Jeremy, my four years old, he loves the son. Jesus loves me. Yes, I know. Or the Bible tells me so. Blessed are those that from him belong. And I love this. We are weak, but the Lord is strong. Hallelujah. We are weak, but the Lord is strong. And he can do. He's able. I'm not able, but my God is able. My God is able. Your God is able. Your Father is able. Your Savior is able. He's able to do immeasurably more than you can ever imagine. Who would have told me that 40 years later after repeating, <laughs> you know, fourth grade, I was going to be in America preaching the gospel in English. It's only because of his grace. It's only because of his plan for you guys. And this is what the Bible said. He who's able. So we need to rest on the Lord because he's able. We need to trust the Lord because he's able. And this is my, my struggling every day. And if I say I'm a donkey, it's because my flesh. You know why? Because God has proved me so many times how much he loved me, how much he cared for me. And you know, my son right now, please pray for him. His name is Kevin Denny. He's just going through a hard time. He looks so healthy. But people tell me, watch out when he comes here. There's many bad things here. And sometimes I'm up. Sometimes I'm down in my faith. And so, but God said, everything you need to do is to trust him. Get away. Between me and Kevin, let me do the work. The same, way, the same work I did in you, I would do it better in your son. We need to trust him. No matter what you're going right now. I don't want to say this. I don't know if I'm going to even say it because I don't want Satan to listen to. I just want to know. I just want to... Have God to know how I'm feeling about my son. 
and the way I'm feeling. And sometimes I'm down, sometimes I'm up. When I think that he's going to be here with that family, 23 years old, dealing with all kinds of stuff, he's a sweetheart, but he's so immature, I'm afraid I did it. I said it already, okay. But I'm trusting God that he can be lost. But here's what the Bible says. He is able to do immeasurably more than you can ever imagine. It's not about you. It's not about your money. It's not even about your prayer. Because sometimes you're going to pray for something and God said, that's not my will. It's about my heart. It's about my will. And I want you to pray. And I want you to be humble and trust that it can do an amazing job. Finishing by um, talking out the points. Paul encouraged the Ephesians. Power start by bowing our knees unto the Lord. Number two, the riches of his glory strengthens our inner man. Number three, by the power of our faith, we have a proper identity. Number four, in his love, we understand the dimension of his kingdom. Number five, by the power that works in us, we can do more than we could ever imagine. May God bless you. And remember, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Jesus that strengthens me. God bless you.